Welcome to the Fulfillment Project Podcast, where we, the seekers, unite together to step into our higher selves and highest purpose. I'm your host, Simply Sarah, and I'm glad that we have found each other here today. My aim for this show is to give you some tools and strategies along with the awareness of emotional intelligence and intuition as you create a life and business from alignment, creating more joy and fulfillment every single day. Welcome to the Fulfillment Project Podcast. As you are going about your day, whatever that looks like for you, I'm just honored to be on your journey. So thank you for tuning in. I have a guest for you today on the show, Jasmine Moore, and we get into a beautiful conversation about the dark feminine and honoring the totality of who we are as women. Exploring the dark feminine is something that I have just started focusing on this year and not something that we have talked about here on the podcast. So it's a fresh new topic coming your way. I'm going to introduce you to Jasmine more in depth in just a moment. But first, there are two things that I want to bring to your awareness. First, my upcoming book, All the Joy, is open for pre-sales. Yay! Um, And my heart is so full from all the wonderful and encouraging messages that I've been getting. The uh, support for this, I feel, is amazing. So thank you if you've been someone who's been messaging me. Um, The book will be ready for sales on Amazon and shipping November 21st. But if you order now or before the end of October, not only will you get a discount on pricing, but I'm also going to be including a bonus course for you to be able to dive deeper into the work of following the joy far beyond what I have included in the book with some resources and some worksheets and all that fun stuff of doing the work and diving in. You can go and pre-order right now at followthejoybook.com or Grab that link in my show notes and you'll be taken right to that page. If you want a free copy of the book, plus the bonus course, plus have the book in your hands before it's even released publicly on November 21st, I am hosting the second Simply Aligned event on November 18th, the Friday before. And with your ticket purchase, I am including all of that for you. Simply Align will be held in Burlington, Ontario. It's in the greater Toronto region. So if you're around, come out. If if you want to come to Toronto, awesome. We would love to have you. It's going to be on a Friday. And we're going to be spending the day hearing from some insightful speakers. We're going to be doing some breath work along with a sound bowl healing ceremony. So it's going to be a beautiful day of many different dynamics to help you along your own journey. The one thing I hear a lot, especially from my clients, is that uh, women feel like they're alone in their awakening journey or that they don't have people or community around them to have conscious conversations with and, and explore the growth that they're going through. So this is your community to grow, elevate, and awaken with. So come on out and meet some of your fellow sister seekers. You are not alone, my friend. Far from it. 
Oh, and I will also be doing a reading and book signing at the event as well. And we are raising money from ticket sales for Million Dollar Smiles, which is a non-for-profit organization that Joe and I have been involved with for just over the past year, helping families and children with life-threatening illnesses or um, special needs. And so we build playgrounds for them. We raise money for different things that they need and so forth. The link to buy tickets can also be found in the show notes, or you can go to simplysarah.com forward slash aligned. Okay. Our episode today is with Jasmine Moore, who I was raving about a couple episodes ago, as she is the creator and host of Bliss Retreat, which I attended back in August and had such a profound transformational experience. I just had to bring her on the show here and give you a proper introduction to her. Jasmine's mission is to help people remember that they are human beings, not human doings. And I just absolutely love that. Um, Her story rings very similar to mine where she followed the quote unquote path to success and checked off all the boxes of what a good life is only to find herself unhappy and unfulfilled. And so she spent the last uh, seven years reconditioning herself and helping others along the way. She is amazing at holding space for others in ceremony and the rituals that she puts on to allow others to fully show up for themselves and their healing. All right, let's dive into our conversation. Jasmine, hello. Welcome to the Fulfillment Project podcast. Hi, Sarah. I'm so excited to be here. Yes, I feel very honored to have you on the show. Uh, I had lunch that just this past weekend with our mutual friend, Barat, and mm. I was telling him about, you know, my experience at Bliss Retreat with you, which I want to chat about here, and mm. how blessed I was to feel like I came across you at the right time just mm. this past year with honoring my feminine side more and opening opening me up to the dark feminine which is what Mm. I would love to chat about on this conversation yes absolutely yes so I would love for the audience to know more about you and know your story and I'm sure we'll get into that through conversation Mm. but how would you explain the dark feminine Ooh, right off the bat um okay so for me the dark feminine in all honesty, is the part of that feminine that as a society and as a collective, really, we have learned and have been conditioned to dismiss. So it's the parts of ourselves that we feel oftentimes uh, we need to keep hidden or we need to um, package in a certain way or we need to put in a box um yeah that's how i would describe the energy of the divine feminine and then it will show up differently or sorry the dark feminine mm-hmm. um and then it will show up differently in each of us mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and you know if we look at society and, and what really it values which is more of the masculine the, the feminine gets massively massively suppressed in our culture right and I'm a big believer on, you know, the masculine and the feminine is one, like you cannot have one without the other, right? It's, it's a dance and it is uh, harmonizing of energies. That's, that's the point of that masculine and feminine, feminine polarity. 
Um, so we can't really have a conversation about the feminine without talking about the masculine. Um, and what you're saying about society, it's it's even more that um, that we're the masculine is or the society is focused on the masculine and not on the feminine suppresses the feminine. It's the fact that the masculine is focused on, like you said, our goals, our achievements, our uh, to-do lists, our actions, our external uh, identities. Um, our masculine is very much hyper-focused on that. And we've been taught to do that. So in, in harmonizing that and, and redirecting our energy towards the feminine, it means removing a lot of our attention from the ego and, and the goal setting and, and the achievement. And that can be very hard. Um, and that is often when there's this little fruit fly that's bugging me. I'm sorry. <laughs> that's often when the dark feminine can come up for people. And then that gives the mind and the ego validation of, right, this is bad. Let's, let's, let's stop now. Let's get back to the to-do list. Does this make sense? Yes, definitely. Yeah. Where in your journey did you become highly interested in the feminine? Now, I know we have a similar background from fitness. And, yeah. you know, now I see you as this beautiful, like grounded, you know, doesn't wear a bra, <laughs> doesn't shave her armpits, fully in her truth, a woman. And you just fascinate me from the way you hold yourself. And so when was this sparked in you or has it always been there? Um, that's a good question. I, I think it's always been there. Uh, it was just named and looked at a different way. Uh, so I, I, I grew up in a house with my mom and my sister. So it was very much like girl power, like women power, rah, 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 that sort of thing. Um, and so that was always with me. Um, but I would say that I really started to pay attention to my feminine and look at it in a different, through a different lens. Um, when I recognized when I was in science and then when I was bodybuilding, it was personal training, I, it, something was not right. And even though all the boxes were being checked and I was living life according to what they tell us would bring us happiness and success, something was off, something was wrong, not, not jiving. Um, and so it was an investigation of energy really at that point. Um, and I, it led me in the direction of doing energy work and energy healing and serving psychedelics. Um, and then through that journey with myself and with clients, because as someone who holds space for others, it's very important for us to be holding, like taking that space for ourselves. Right. So I'm, I'm con been constantly doing the work we'll say um for about seven years now so through doing the work and and reading the books and doing the workshops you come across a lot of the light feminine in spirituality especially here in the west and the the concept of love and light is usually like a lot of people's introduction into spirituality right um and that's what i saw for the longest time and then I got to a place in my journey where, um, again, 
it wasn't doing it right like it, there was there was something more and what i recognize is with just the light feminine we can talk about what the difference is with just the light feminine it it didn't allow me to fully embody all of my humanness right like there was still categorizing of self there was still labeling of self um it wasn't until i was i introduced and learned and and became aware of the dark feminine and integrating that part that i was like oh okay there's there's a sense of wholeness now um so yeah does that answer your question yes absolutely <laughs> on a little tangent yes and i mean that's what drew me to you and i i remember i even mm. said this to you at the retreat uh, like you your embodiment of your feminine triggered my own feminine and over the mm. past year i've been leaning more into my triggers since we know it's usually a, a disowned part of ourselves right mm. and so i started leaning into that more and i I've definitely gravitated towards the love and light. It feels good to focus on that stuff. Like sure. it's, it's the, those higher vibrations. They, and I think it's and why people more gravitate towards that. If they're seeking more fulfillment, more joy, they'll gravitate towards that light. But like you said, sure. there there is that essence of the dark that if we don't excavate out mm. that side of ourselves, we're not creating that wholeness and so what is the difference between the can light i touch on something that you Abs just said though i absolutely. think is really fascinating um I, and and you can correct me if i'm wrong here but i think that if if we are approaching spirituality for this sense of fulfillment and 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 because stuff has been tough like life has been hard life has been harsh we need that. We need that light feminine, right? That's the medicine, right? And for me, I, I didn't live a harsh, hard life. My childhood was great. Uh, I come from a divorced home, but other than that, my childhood was great. And so I didn't approach spirituality needing this almost like reprieve, if you will. I, I approached it thinking like, oh, what's going on here? There's more, right? I was, I always have had this curious mind and I come from a science background. So it's, it's like, there's more, there's more, there's always like, there's something more. Um, so I, I think that that makes a big difference too, of recognizing that there's, there's no right or wrong here. It's, it's what medicine do you need? And you usually enter with that light feminine because spirituality is a place of reprieve for a lot of folks. And then you get to the point where you're like, all right, we're ready to meet this other part, right? If we feel safe now with ourselves because we've had that nurturing, that, that motherly energy, that warm, compassionate, light feminine. Yes. Beautiful. Yeah. Thank you. I totally agree. Yeah. So how would you describe the difference? And I mean, you were touching on that between yeah. the, the dark and light feminine and really why we need to create the wholeness of both. Yeah. So the light feminine, yeah, we just said it. it it's, well, we said it and we didn't because I said things like love, where love can come across in, in many different forms right? The, the tough love that a mother gives is not less loving than the nurturing love that a mother gives, right? But it's, it's recognizing that that is the light and that is the dark feminine and love showing up. 
And so a lot of the times when we talk about the dark feminine, we talk about things like emotionality, like our emotions, right? Because in the light feminine, it can often show up if, and this is when we're talking from a wounded space, it can often show up the relationship with the emotions is, oh, there's certain emotions that are good and there's certain emotions that are not so good. And our job in the love and light space is to be in these positive vibes, high vibes, whatever that looks like, right? And, and so emotionality is in both the love, the light and the dark. But when we're talking about the dark feminine, it really means like that emotionality piece really means, are you accepting and are you willing to honor and acknowledge all of your emotions, right? And, and when we think about like polarity, masculine and feminine, it's, it's, it's that spectrum, right? And it's honoring the totality of the spectrum and in the human experience. The same thing goes with emotions, but there's like this side of it, the dark side that we've all really been conditioned to learn that it's, it's not good. I mean, unless you grew up with parents in the eighties and nineties that had emotional intelligence, like that's real rare. <laughs> like <laughs> this is, this is how we're feeling. It's like, I'm not allowed to show my anger. If I'm bad, if I'm in a bad mood, like I need to stay with myself and like watch my Netflix and not hang out with my girlfriends right or if if i'm upset with my partner i need to like figure that out or i need to change or act a certain way or show up differently it's like no how about we just speak what we're upset about how about we can show up with our friends in a crappy mood and be held right or whatever else we need or how about our anger is fucking valid and there's a reason it's been activated and there's a boundary that's being crossed for you and it's trying to help you. Yeah. And so this is just like the emotionality part of it. We also talk about like sexuality a lot in the dark feminine. Um, and that was my entrance. And this is something that I'm still really working on. And I work a lot with Casey, who is at the Bliss Retreat. Um, that sexuality piece is a big one for the dark feminine and accepting the dark feminine, um, especially as women, people that have been conditioned as women. Um, we've grown up thinking all sorts of things, right? Um, and there's, that's a spectrum in itself. And there's real, like two real ends to that. Um, so working with our sexuality and reclaiming that, feeling our own sexual energy in our bodies. Like, I didn't know that was a thing. I didn't know that I could move my pleasure into my body and into different parts and like feel it all over. And so really getting in touch with that sacredness of sexuality again, that's, that's dark feminine work. And the ability to receive that pleasure. Uh, that was a huge thing mm. for me feeling like I had to give and mm. not giving myself the space to actually sink into it, to receive that pleasure, to honor that yeah. pleasure, to, to feel valued and worthy of that pleasure yeah totally I think as as folks that have been conditioned as women like we do a lot mm -hmm. mentally physically emotionally we do a lot even things that we're like not conscious to right and so to be able to say hey I'd like to receive this pleasure from you and that's it it ends there 
Like that's huge. And also really rewarding and fulfilling. Like you you feel so relaxed, right? So yeah, that takes a lot of work for a lot of folks. Well, I even think you look at the conditioning from what sex is supposed to look like, whether it's from, mm. especially from pornography for how women are betrayed on there or how they're supposed to act or sound. There is such a performance yeah. involved yeah. As, a, as opposed to actually being within our bodies and, and feeling that. Yeah. And then to, to, to do the work of moving out of performance mode and into being present, like, ooh, <laughs> 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 it's triggering as fuck. Yeah. 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 But it yeah. opens up depths of pleasure that you're unable to even tap into if you're the, the performance part is in your head. You're not in your body yeah. when you're doing that. Yeah, totally. And so I think that that's a lot, too, of the dark feminine work is the descend into our body. Right. Because the mind, it's beautiful, it's brilliant, but it's also been trained to feed the ego. Right. And, and we don't use it so much for imagination and creativity we use it more for planning and decision making right and that's where human design comes in and helps redirect us um but the mind and its beautiful complexity has mechanisms to keep us from going down there and descending down there hence the triggers right and and we really have to be sure that we have the the space and the capacity to enter those triggers. It's not, it's, we're, we're not saying that you should just like willy nilly push yourself into places that are uncomfortable. It's, uh, it's taxing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I have to say you hold space beautifully for mm-hmm. activities and exercises to be able to do that. And I think it's that mm-hmm. safe space um, where all of yourself is honored to show up. Yeah. Uh, which is highly valuable in our everyday life. We don't necessarily have that unless we go out, you know, seeking that space yeah. for ourselves. Yeah, totally. And, and that's what the bliss is all about, right? Is here's four days and here's some tools that you can take home with you that really allows you to um, tap into these parts. And also it's not even tap in because they're already there. They're speaking to you in some way. It's, it's, it's more like, to alchemize these parts and to shift them and become aware of them in different ways so that you can integrate them differently into your life, whether it's releasing the habit, changing it up, whatever that looks like. The healing is very nuanced, but yeah. What have you seen, you know, just to give the audience some context, when a, when a woman denies her, not denies, but suppresses her femininity or, you know, consciously or unconsciously, what shows up in her life in terms of symptom wise? Oh, I can't say that. I can't answer that. Okay. Yeah. It's, and, and the sentence that I had just finished with like healing is so nuanced. So is the, the way that our wounds show up or the energy that shows up. Right. Um, because is it the light feminine that's suppressed or is it the dark feminine that's suppressed? Mm. Right. Some, some folks have grew up in highly sexualized environments right highly emotional environments a lot of dark feminine energy um and their light feminine has been suppressed and so it's going to show up differently than someone who's in a light environment and that dark is suppressed does that make sense definitely yeah 
Yeah. Yeah. One of the exercises that we went through at Bliss was the Osho meditation. Yes. Which was very transformative for myself. And I talked about it a couple podcasts ago, which was the allowance of rage and yeah. anger. And I'd love for you just to talk about the purpose of that meditation, the the benefits of it, maybe you know, the, how it's constructed. Yeah. Um, yeah, sacred rage expression is one thing, and it's a part of that Osho dynamic meditation that we did, um, which is taken from Osho, um, who is a, a guru who had a very, he had basically a cult, um, and there's a lot of, what's the word, um, not gray area, oh, the word is escaping me, but a controversy. There's a lot of controversy around Osho, and rightfully so. However, his dynamic meditation is fantastic. Um, uh, so what it is, it's a four-part meditation, and each part is very different from the next. Uh, the first one is a throat and um, self, if you will, activation. So it's really meant to activate the solar plexus energy center and the throat energy center. Um, you had a beautiful demonstration of it on your podcast where you talked about bliss. <laughs> so it's like this marching and this guttural who sound. And it's to do just that. It's to activate self, activate the power, activate the throat. Um, and then that moves into expression of anger. And we do provide some examples of how you can express that anger before the meditation starts. Um, so there are like eight or nine different techniques um, that uh, you can play with. Um, and in that anger portion, it, it's to do just that. It's to express, embody, channel, allow that anger to move up and out of you. Um, people often say, well, like, oh, well, I'm not an angry person. And I say, well, neither am I, but I know how to fucking scream if I need to scream. <laughs> right. And, and, and this is just it. If we're, if we're clinging to the identity of I'm not emotional, I'm not angry. Well, like, are, are you sure? Right. And, and this is the opportunity to recognize that none of us are an angry person. It's we have the ability to experience anger. And this is how we can start to um, embrace and honor that dark side of the emotional spectrum is recognize that it doesn't mean that we are that we're just going through this experience and it's a normal, natural human experience, especially with what we're going through and in, in the society that we live in and the way of life that we're enduring, if you will. Right. So um, it's, it's a practice and it's an opportunity to recognize, okay, like for those, and I'm speaking specifically to those to say, let's say I'm not an angry person. It's, it's a practice to say, okay, uh, yes, I'm not an angry person. And also I realize, oh, I don't, I can't scream if I want to scream. I can't, I, like there's a block there with my relationship to anger. So let's practice, right? And just by doing that, well, you saw, just by allowing yourself to lean in to anger. Um, and we often like say, if, if, if you don't feel any anger, if there's nothing in your life to be angry about, 
pick something in the world, right? There's lots in the world to be angry about. Um, and as soon as you lean into it and start to express that anger, plus it's a community experience. So other people are raging around you. That really helps. Um, you can access it, right? And you had that experience at Bliss. Yes. And I've even yeah. recognized Bliss was what, four, six weeks ago, something like that. Something like that yeah. Yeah. I've recognized my ability to communicate my feelings a lot more openly as well and recognize when I am heated, we'll say, or mm. triggered over something or that, that bubbling of, you know, those first symptoms of anger that sure. I would, that I would normally just, oh, no, no, no. Mm. It's not bad enough for me to say something. I don't want to rock the boat. Sure. I don't want to open up this conversation and start a fight. All of these narratives sure. that I would normally play in my head, being able to actually express how it made me feel. Yeah. But do it in a way where I didn't feel like I, and I think I suppressed so much anger. I never wanted to feel like I was hurting someone else with my emotionality. Mm -hmm. Didn't know if my emotions were valid mm -hmm. um, and also didn't know how to express them by like, not that anything needs to be fixed or like, I'm not a victim here, but this is just how I feel like just to express the emotions and yeah. not growing up, knowing how to communicate that or having like what you're saying earlier, emotionally intelligent parents, it's, we don't know yeah. how to deal with emotions. And so I've recognized how much more energy I actually have by communicating how I'm feeling openly and honestly. It's incredible. Yes. It's incredible. Yeah. Yes. And I look back on like all my health issues and I, I, I'm highly intrigued if it's from stuffing down so many emotions over decades. We don't realize how taxing it is. Mm -hmm. And I think especially people in female bodies, that womb space, whoo, she can hold on yes. to stuff, yeah. right? Yeah. And, and that's what these practices are all about is to give you a space and an outlet because along with not being taught on how to deal with the emotion, we're also not shown what to do when we get angry, right? Like, how do we navigate that? What's the appropriate response here? And we've either learned to project it onto others or I'm not an angry person, right? And, and that's that mind being super complex and amazing with its, its survival strategy and our need to be in connection, right? And it's saying, okay, this is how I have to show up in order to like receive that love. And so when we have spaces for the anger to be expressed, you have space, you've created space in your body. And you know that because that felt like a friggin' workout, right? Like oh, there was yeah. shit. I was, was, I was soaked, moved. soaked, sweating. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So there's now space and that space translates into what you just said. Hey, I now can recognize oh, I'm shoving this down. I shouldn't be doing that. Hey, this made me feel this way, right? And then that's its own practice of nonviolent communication, um, which is just another skill that we can learn. Um, but yeah, I think it's really important if we don't have those spaces in our home where we can say, honey, I need the bedroom and pound some pillows for five minutes, that we seek out community spaces where sacred rage is being expressed and embodied. It's happening more and more, and it's it's really cool to see. Do you have any suggestions for women? I feel blessed to 
have a partner who does a lot of the same work I do and we can have mm. so so much neutral open conscious conversations what if there's any women listening here mm. who, whose partners are not there with them yet or you know they themselves aren't even there how to express their emotions mm. yeah well, this is my scenario, so I can speak directly ah, to it. Beautiful. <laughs> I, I need a sip before mm-hmm. this one. <laughs> um, yeah, well, first, I think it's recognizing what are your core needs in your relationship? Do you need your partner to be that emotional support system? Do you need your partner? And, and maybe I'm getting your question wrong. Um, do you need your partner to be able to hold space for you emotionally in the way that you your trauma needs, right? Um, does and then the second question is: Does he have the? If, if the answer is yes, like if you absolutely that is a non-negotiable for you, the second question you have to ask is: Does he have the capacity? Is it fair for me to be asking him to meet these emotional needs? that he might not have the capacity for, right? And, and it's being real and honest and, and, and um, taking that personal responsibility but in both scenarios, right? Like you, your emotional needs and the needs of your trauma and what, how it needs to be tended to, that's real. You should not um, uh, like suppress that or put that aside for anybody. Um, And I think that's a lot of our work. And that's where the dark feminine comes up a lot with people that are conditioned as women is that makes us feel so fucking selfish to put our needs first and to be clear and have boundaries. We're the bitch. Mm -hmm. Right. And, And that's just not the case. You're an individual human with sovereign needs and desires, and those deserve to be expressed. And that's just, that's just the end of the, the sentence there. Like we're done. Um, and so being real with that is, do I absolutely need him for my emotional support? Do I have a girlfriend, a loved one, someone else, right? And then doing the work to not putting the dumping on them or, and, and then if the answer is yes, asking, do they have the capacity and if in, in being real, if the capacity is not there, you have to honor that. You can't continue to dump, right? They could say, hey, I want to meet those needs for you and then constantly not show up. That's them saying like, hey, I, I can't actually meet these needs for you, right? And, and we're having this conversation of the person not being where you're at in your emotional intelligence and in, in your path. So there's a point where the, the more conscious person has to be that bigger person. And sometimes being that bigger person means, yeah, I do mean, need my emotional support in my relationship to be taken care of. And no, he doesn't have the capacity. So fuck, I got to go. And that sucks. Right. Um, the other thing for me is I find that where I get upset the most with my partner is often where I'm energetically or emotionally meddling where I don't have to be, where I'm kind of like trying to control in that shadow feminine way. I wish I had a specific example, but there's not one coming up for me. I was going to say, what what does that look like? Yeah. Well, 
Well, here's an example. It's not something that I do anymore, but uh, something that a lot of people I think can relate to. Um, something that we do to manipulate as, a, as in the shadow feminine is um, with our sexuality, if we don't want to have sex, like if we're not feeling alive and sexual, a lot of the times women are conditioned to just give sex to their partners because it makes them in a better mood or whatever that is, right? And so that shadow feminine is showing up of like, okay, I'm just going to give. But there's an underlying reason for you, right? Like you don't want your partner to be in a bad mood. Instead of addressing what's happening and showing up and being honest and communicating, we're just doing the deed to like change the vibration of the moment. And then the, the cycle continues. Like, does that, does that make sense? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I think it's it's interesting when you look at sexuality from you know the male and the female side of it. When men can't perform, they can't perform. There's it's just mm. that. Whereas women sure. sometimes there can feel like just an expectation because well, there's not much I need to do. I just need to show up. And yeah. it can be easy for us, and I've definitely been there as well, to just go through the motions yeah. but almost eject myself out of my body because I don't even want to be in that position anyways yeah. and disowning yeah. disowning a part of ourselves in that process yeah totally yeah. so it's it's tricky it can be very tricky and nuanced um in this conversation and and through the healing work that you have to navigate is there anything you're working through right now with your feminine or anything in your healing that you'd like to share with us? What should I share? There's always There's stuff. always stuff. <laughs> <laughs> and and I think that that's true for anyone who's like living a conscious aware life, right? Like if we're conscious, it's it's like and 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 when I say I'm working through stuff, it's not like I'm pouring over it in journals and crying about it. It's it it becomes quicker. As you become more conscious and aware, it, it things kind of process and move faster um, as you commit and devote yourself to that sort of life, right? Um, easier said than done. Um, but right now, it, I'm working a lot. It, it's been around my relationship and it has been in a couple the last couple of years of really having that individual emotional and energetic sovereignty for me specifically i i am definitely an empath and i i believe that there's so much power in being an empath um and i also recognize that it is from my trauma and it shows up in my relationship in ways that do not serve either of us mike is not my client right and so to be creating that energetic boundary, and this is not done through conversation, this is not done through any behaviors, it's just really me um, doing my own practice energetically. And, and what that looks like for me is putting myself into a cosmic egg, and it's just a visualization um, where no cords or anything come in and, and I can't come out. And it's just this energetic separation. 
Um, so that's what I'm working on. And it's more on that dark feminine, that boundaried side. And that doesn't mean I'm not compassionate. And that doesn't mean like I'm closed off. It's, it's the exact opposite, right? I am, I am just truthful and honest, but I'm not meddling. Does this make sense? Like almost your tentacles of energy can go out and into others. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. So like as empaths, like people do that. Right. And it's not nice. We, we don't. And it's very energetically taxing. Right. If you're stuffing down emotions, just imagine if you're like pulling in other people's emotions. Sure. Right. And, and I and I have an, a, lymph, a rare lymphatic disease that basically the lymph cells pull in toxins and they don't know what to do with them. So it builds and builds and I have to get it surgically removed. So it's like basically this empath's disease that has manifested in my body. And, and, and we see this in social media all the time of like, oh, this person got, I have a message for you or whatever it is. These are empaths that are, don't have any boundaries, right? So there's nothing wrong with being an empath, but there is toxic empathy, right? Um, And I think that it's as empaths, it's not up to everyone else to do something it's up to us to learn to close down the ability to feel someone else when they're not sharing and they're not asking for advice and they're not they're not opening up that box right um i'm very sensitive and usually if if people haven't built walls i could they're in the room with me and i know how they feel and i need to learn that there is a time and a place to use that gift right and it's when i'm being valued for it when i'm in session when i'm on retreat um but not when i'm sitting on the couch with my partner on a sunday morning drinking coffee Mm. if he wants to tell me how i feel he feels he can do that you know yeah yeah um i haven't talked about being an empath much on the i don't think maybe ever on the show and it's okay. definitely the ability to feel others. Are there any other characteristics that you would share um, if anybody's wondering if they are an empath themselves? Yeah, so I see, like it, we call it empath, but I see it as clear empathy. So part of our clear senses. So most of us know clairvoyance, the ability to see energy, uh, but there's also clairsentience, uh, the ability to feel so we're not talking emotions we're talking about like tight gut or closing of the throat or uh quickening of the chest um, those body sensations there there's clear audience so the ability to hear uh clear gustus clear aliens smell and taste uh and then there's clear empathy so the ability to feel emotions and so for yes we can feel how other people are feeling but it's also recognizing that it's an energy. So we're not always correct in the source of where we're feeling that energy from, right? And because we live in such condensed populations, there is a very good chance, especially if you're not clear on your empathy and you don't have boundaries with your empathy, that you could be feeling something from someone else and then projecting it onto your partner. Your partner's like, what? I don't feel that way. And so as even now with my, with my clients, I say like, if anything doesn't resonate, you let me know, we throw it out the window, right? And, and it's just a conversation of being in, in sovereignty with clients. But yeah, does that help? Yeah, definitely. 
I've recognized my own um, empathic abilities years ago. It was interesting. Mm -hmm. um, back in May, Joe and I went to uh, a seminar event in Toronto, first one that we had been to since COVID hit. And mm -hmm. it was at the end of the first day, I felt drunk. I, mm -hmm. it, 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 it was staggering. And, mm -hmm. and Joe does NLP work and he did a bunch of stuff on me and, you know, we surrounded myself and, and cleared a bunch, but it was just staggering how, how much I pulled that in without being conscious of all the people I was in the room with and all of that energy and all of those emotions and yeah, all of that coming at you. Yeah. And also like you could see how powerful that could be if you were in a one-on-one -on -one session where there was consent and you were being valued for your gift, right? Like that could be a very powerful experience if honed. Mm -hmm. um, but again, that's like that dark feminine healing ability um, that we don't honor collectively. Mm. Yeah. I want to chat about bliss a little bit more in depth as we wrap up our conversation. Because mm -hmm. um, I, I want to help you promote this. I basically did a whole podcast on this um, because I know there are women in my audience who need the work that you have and, and the spaces mm -hmm. that, that you create. And so who is bliss for? Mm. What is bliss? Tell us about bliss. <laughs> I appreciate your yeah. desire to help me share this this weekend because I, I agree more people need access to spaces like this. And um, especially what we're doing at Bliss, I, I don't think you can come by it easily these days. I've never seen um, anything like it. So. <laughs> yeah. so Bliss is essentially a four-day container for you to show up fully. And if you don't know how to do that, we provide tools to assist you with that process and to assist you with accessing your full expression. Um, and we kind of talked about it a little bit with the, with the bliss or with the Osho rather, but even right from the get-go, even from opening circle, um, I make it clear that as facilitators, we're not there to sit above you or to be your teachers or to be your guides even were there to be among you and to be your sisters and your brothers and to share and enjoy the, the moments that happen over the weekend. Um, and that's really important for me. Uh, I, I don't like the hierarchy in spirituality or spiritual healing. I think it's that community and that family essence is really important um, from the very get-go. Uh, and then we start the intention of the weekend of like that full expression which is the feminine but also like activating all of that divine feminine so rest is a big part of feminine energy that and we're not talking about sleep right that we're cut off from is rest and so we go this friday night is really chill and we go into a sound bath and promoting that rest and relaxation right off the bat uh, the human design workshop is there to guide you, like we said, from your head to your body, right? How And human design is very specific to you and your birth time, and um, there's a lot of variety in it. Um, but how can you specifically and efficiently um, work towards moving from your mental mind space into your, your now moment and your present reality? Um, and then the holotropic breath work 
is there and you saw this for sure to help you know that you have access to your unconscious space and help you recognize that you don't even really need to take a drug to access and and not even just access but release and surrender and move and alchemize what is ready to um and again we're touching on that dark feminine because we don't need to know the unknown is very much part of that feminine space and a lot of us hate not knowing right um so while some got amazing visuals some just got big waves of emotions right and that practice is going to change for that individual every time they approached it and then the plant medicine ceremony right and we're going deeper even deeper into our unconscious removing that ego mind that thinking brain so you have a clearer view um and then so we basically like climb up this mountain to that psychedelic experience and then we slowly climb back down um, in, in the morning, Sunday morning, it's silent. Um, we're alone together, basically. Um, and you're provided with some integration support to really make sure that you um, do something with the ceremony uh, experience, right? It's not just about having the ceremony, having this, this psychedelic experience and dusting our hands off. Um, the integration is important. Um, and so the, the small activities that we get you to do, uh, start that process because it's cool to do drugs, but if we're not going to do anything with that, then like, what are we doing? Right. Um, and then I, and then we have sacred sexuality that is last one we did was very much a physical experience. This one was more of a conversation, but regardless, it's very grounding. Right. It, it, it does bring you into your body and make you ask yourself questions. And that was true for both the experience and the questions are beautiful. And they're, and they're again with your dark feminine of like, what do we fucking want? What do we need? What does what feels good for us? Right. And then we finish with that O show on Sunday night, which is just all encompassing. You can express whatever needs to be expressed, yell at whoever needs to be yelled at. Um, and we didn't finish talking about the, the completion of that, where you move into silence and then you move into a static dance. So I know for a lot of people that ecstatic movement is a big part of their integration, especially if they've never done something like that before. Um, it can be very special. Uh, and then we wrap up on Monday morning. We have a beautiful closing ceremony. Um, that closing ceremony, I didn't even mention it on my last podcast with the ability to receive love. Mm-hmm. And the visceral experience of that. Mm-hmm. Give our listeners some context. We did a beautiful closing ceremony. Um, we were all sitting in a, in a horseshoe around a wall and each person needed to get up and stand in, in front of everyone else and open their heart to receive love and everyone projected love at them. Yeah. And the shaking within my body, the like that visceral response, it was yes. just incredible to feel and to even watch myself remain in the receiving energy as opposed to looking at someone projecting my love onto them mm. which uh that masculine uh, giving energy yes yeah yeah mm. 
So I, I, after explaining the entire weekend, I did not answer your question of who's it for. <laughs> um, so I would say it is for anybody who, you know, hears about this and feels a pull, excitement, joy, intrigue, curiosity. Um, I think it can benefit anybody wherever you're at on your spiritual path, whether you've done six ceremonies or whether it's your first time. And that's often what we get. It's often a mix of folks that have never done it before and folks that have and folks that have maybe done it once. Um, so if you know and you're willing to make a shift and a change and that's something that you need in your life, this is for you. But you don't necessarily need to know what you need to shift, right? Just if you're feeling at this standstill point in your life, or if we're that spiritual seeker, um, bliss is a very transformative place that is going to give you all of those insights and clarity that you're looking for. And I don't even need to explain why you already know. <laughs> yeah. Um, if anybody wants to learn more information, how can we find you or your website i'll also leave some links in the show notes as well yeah you can send me a dm on instagram that's probably the best way um at heal with jazz j-a-s um and then my website www.healwithjazz.com yeah thank you so much jasmine is there anything you would like to leave our audience with any last words um, I got to say something. <laughs> I think that it's important for people to recognize that your healing and your spiritual growth doesn't go anywhere, even if you don't feel like you're tending to it the way that our masculine minds like to think. Um, if you haven't meditated in weeks or haven't journaled in weeks, it's okay. Um, we can we always have our spiritual path there we're always walking it we're always healing we're always um moving forward in some way it's just about sometimes we need that perspective shift and change and a uh, new lens so yeah thank you so much jasmine this is a wonderful conversation my pleasure thank you for having me sarah Thank you for joining me on this episode today. My website, simplysarah.com is a great place for me to continue to support you on your journey to alignment, joy, and fulfillment. There you will find upcoming retreats that I am hosting, resources, books, and many other helpful tools to help you on your travels through this thing called life.